Hello, I'm Amy Billet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Happy Valentine's Day! Today, I invited my friend, journalist and bestseller author, Laura Waitley, to talk about money and love. If you're curious about understanding how to navigate money and relationships, Laura's tips will definitely come in handy. In this episode, Laura tells us why it's important to understand your own beliefs around money and romance, how to start a conversation about money in a relationship, and the practical implications of bill splitting. We are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. So Laura, today it's Valentine's Day, um, so we're going to talk about love and money. And I wanted to hear from you, I mean, that's a question I get super often is, you know, who should pick the bill on Valentine's Day? There's so many <laughs> emotions around, around money. So where, where do we even start <laughs> preparing for tonight? I think it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Who should pick up the bill? And I think we should... And I say should here, we need to challenge the word should. And so I think my first tip on before even trying to have a conversation about how to share your money with someone else and, you know, and at a date, who's going to pay, look at your feelings about should. And that means like fairness. So I think we all have quite subjective ideas about what's fair And quite often we forget that the other person sat opposite us might have different views. And I think, obviously, if you're on a first date, it's very different to if you've been in a long relationship or if you're getting to the stage where you're starting to talk about finances. But I think at any point, always looking back in on yourself a little bit and thinking, mm, okay, where are my attitudes about what that other person should be doing coming from I think as women particularly if you're in a heterosexual relationship or you're on a heterosexual date quite often we bring this real gendered baggage to sharing money or thinking about who's going to pay I don't know if you've watched tinder swindler on netflix yeah. everyone's talking about it at the moment <laughs> and one of the people on there talks about how she grew up on a diet of Disney and this idea that men shower you with gifts and like you said roses and champagne and that actually romance is somehow linked to someone providing or a man providing and if you're anything like me growing up in the sort of 80s 90s also on a diet of Disney I think there is a bit of a fantasy somewhere wired in us that if somebody doesn't pay or somebody doesn't offer to pay or somebody doesn't um, want to share with us or spoil us, that they don't love us as much or they don't fancy us as much or it's less sexy. So I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with wanting to be spoiled. We all do, whether we're men or women. We want someone to show, show love and buy us things. But maybe questioning that sometimes and asking why we feel like that and where that comes from and can it be a bit damaging Um, in the Tinder Swindler, they pay this clip of um, Marilyn Monroe and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And she says, don't you 
know that a man being rich is just like a girl being pretty. You might not marry a girl just because she's pretty, but my goodness, doesn't it help? <laughs> Obviously, it's quite funny in some senses, but also I think we've really grown up with that, haven't we? This idea that somehow attraction involves money. And I think that can be quite damaging. So my number one tip would be before you discuss money or you make a decision about who's going to pay the bill, think about where you're coming from personally and why. And don't assume that that other person has exactly the same views. And often we've been in previous relationships where how we manage money might have been different. So you have to, I think, think about who's sat in front of you and what their previous relationship might have been like too or what their upbringing was like what their you know how much money they earn um, whether they grew up with lots of money or not I think all that factors into what can feel quite a complicated decision yeah and that's uh, yeah that's the, the best way to prepare is actually doing a bit of work on you know yourself your own relationship with money what does it mean for you and maybe stop comparing with um, others also um, and that's maybe part of our conversation today but it's you know it's not because other people do it one way that you should be doing doing it the, the same way um, and if you feel you you want to pay because you're maybe also being quite feminist and you know that's okay yeah. <laughs> and if you actually you don't have money and you want your partner to pay it's okay too so I think it's very hard um, to, to have just one one answer for this one yeah and I think there's like I said, they're very different views on fairness. So if you ask your friends, I think often you'll come up with different answers to how should you split a bill. So some people would think it should always be 50-50. Some people think, oh, well, if the other partner earns more money, they should pay. But often somebody's wealthier without earning more money, aren't they? Because their parents have yeah. helped them buy a house. So they've got plenty of savings. Um, I got a press release this week from Credit Karma and they said that you should split a bill on your first date on Valentine's Day. Also, I think a first date on Valentine's Day could be quite intense, couldn't it? Um, <laughs> saying that women should pay 34% of the bill, which is very specific. Wow. <laughs> because that takes into account women's disadvantage financially based on the gender pay gap, the amount of money we spend getting ready, the fact that we have to worry and pay for taxis because we're worried about our safety, and the proportion of food and drink women consume compared to men. This is obviously in a, a based on a heterosexual date. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the approach I'd take, but I thought it's quite interesting that those are all the factors that could be going on on, on in people's yeah. heads. It's, I think it's quite funny. It's quite funny. Work on your on your little financial model before <laughs> your date. Yeah. Or bring your bring your calculator. <laughs> also try and um, if if it really. I mean, I think when it's a date and it's just a meal or just drinks, there's an element of knowing to overthink it too much, isn't there? I think we can get on to talk about you know splitting the bills when you live together or you're further down into your relationship and it, things are getting a bit more serious. But I think there's a good point in, um, or I think it's worth mentioning when to bring the conversation up. Because if you start debating what you feel is fair when the bill arrives, it can get awkward. It's a bit like trying to talk about sex while you're having sex. You don't want to have that conversation of things you like or you don't like or what, you know, any problems in your sex life in the, during the act similarly when you're talking about money or splitting the bill try and take it away from the actual 
situation to take the heat out of it slightly. Um, and I think maybe that brings me on to my second tip, which is trying to have good money conversations is absolutely essential, I think, to modern relationships now. And I think if we can try and see discussing money with one another as actually a romantic thing to do, I think a lot of us think about discussing money with somebody else, particularly someone we're romantically involved with, as awful and dread-inducing and exposing and there's a lot of risk of feeling shame or embarrassment. But maybe we should try and adjust our mindset a bit about it and think talking about money can be something that really brings you closer together if you are to go and visit a financial advisor or a money coach, often they'll talk about start with planning your goals, start with thinking of not just about money, but what you want money for. And actually planning goals with somebody else, thinking of yourself as a team, thinking about what you might want to do together, I think can be really bonding and you can really learn a lot about somebody else. So I think trying to make it a bit of light out of the money chat talk a little bit about, you know, expose a bit about yourself in a way that you find, um, you know, like I say, bonding or something that somebody else might find interesting about you. You can have much more in-depth, good conversations if you don't skirt around these topics, I think. Yeah, and I think working on goals um, is also a good way um, to start the conversation because, I mean, if you think you're going to be spending a bit of time together and that just can be your next holiday. I mean, it doesn't need to be too far away, but it's how do you plan for these things? Where are you going to find the money? Um, how do you share these goals? Who can afford what? Um, and try to work towards one goal. I think it's it's maybe easy um, and maybe work on like household budgets. I mean, this is not as fun, but yeah, trying to work on something you want to achieve together and then you can plan something bigger and then something bigger. Yeah, and I think we don't talk enough about how much easier it is to be uh, financially stable or to have more money when you're in a relationship. I, lots of There's lots of single people will talk about this that you're really disadvantaged if you're on your own it's almost impossible to buy a house or to rent a house on your own at the moment in lots of parts of the UK and um, there's lots of ways in which being single can be more expensive if you go on holiday or all sorts of different aspects of personal finance and so actually if you're in a relationship you should look at the benefits of that and how you can work together to become more financially secure and help each other out you know help each other out through illness if there is a, a point in your relationship where one person may not be able to earn as much as the other because they're not so well or you know if you've got children or you want to take time out of your career for a sabbatical if there's two of you you can work together on that and actually being able to have an open money conversation maybe discussing how you pay the bill is the starting point to be able to open up about bigger things but you can you know, give each other some more freedom. And I think that can be really amazing in a relationship and can really enhance it. Yeah, and, and, and protecting each other for the long term. So making sure each of you is, you know, has his own like finances and, and sort of protection, but also helping the other. So I'm thinking you're on maternity leave, you stop working, can your partner help you maybe 
pay into your pensions or, you know, so you don't just spend all your money and then you end up super poor and your partner has, you know, a much bigger pension pot than, than, than you have. And what's your third tip? My third tip is consider the practical implications of bill splitting. So hmm. it's not just about talking about your emotions or what you grew up thinking about money, but actually really understanding some of the nuts and bolts of how money products work. Obviously, this is less of an issue if you're just paying the bill at a restaurant. But if you're starting to think about moving in together or you're talking about your household budget and how to split your shopping or whether you should get a joint account, I think actually a lot of people don't realise the implications of tying your finances together. So if you take out a joint account, for example, your credit card, uh, your credit files are linked. So if your partner or you have a less than great credit file, theirs will also potentially be affected. So if you want to look into getting a mortgage together, it's really important actually to understand what the other person's credit file looks like. Um, also, lots of people don't realise that debt becomes shared if you take out a financial product. So I used to be the consumer columnist at the Times and I had a few letters from women in particular who'd taken out joint accounts with their partner, they'd split up and they hadn't realised that in order to close that joint account, the bank needed permission from both people who were on the account and their ex-partner as well. And the ex-partner refused to do that and was running up debts overdraft on the account. And um, the person uh, who wrote to me had to continue to pay those off. Now there's much more awareness now of economic and financial abuse and money being used as a tool of control within relationships and after relationships break down. But I think it's something that it's really important to be aware of that, you know, you, it is actually a reasonably big step to start blending your finances with financial products. And not all banks are that great at dealing with difficult situations when relationships break down. So it's worth thinking about how to protect yourself and your partner a little bit. And the same goes if you're not married, but you're living together with very few rights for people who are cohabiting even if you have children together. Um, like you said about pensions, you know, if you don't make a will or you don't write to your pension provider to say, can you, put, can you make sure that my partner gets my pension when I die? If you're not married, that doesn't happen automatically. So actually being able to talk about some of the practical sides of personal finance in a relationship is also really important, I think. Especially if you're, you've got these shared goals that you want to meet together, whether that's a happy retirement or being able to just save or, or help somebody out of debt or help someone improve their credit score. And thank you, Laura. Uh, these are three amazing tips. They're super helpful. Um, I can't wait for your new book, Yours or Mine, uh, published next year, I guess. So you're going to be looking at, you know, real stories about yeah people's you know modern money and relationship dilemmas so i think it's complicated do you think personally you're learning a lot also uh writing this book and listening to all these these stories what's what's your main sort of takeaway so far i am definitely i'm trying to learn for myself i'm trying to get better at having difficult money conversations in my own family 
What I find striking is all of the experts I've spoken to, so I've spoken to psychologists and money coaches, and all of them say people find it super, super hard to discuss money with the people they love the most. And people aren't very open. People have a lot of shame, even if they've been in relationships for years. I spoke to one money coach who said she's dealing with uh, a couple very successful financially woman who's had a, a big job, big salary, and it's she's on her second marriage and she's buying a house and she has no idea how much the husband that she's buying a house with earns. And the money coach knows because she's seen her finance she, <laughs> she's seen the mortgage application, but they as a pair they don't discuss money at all. Wow. And that's come up a lot. So it makes me realise how important it is that we, that we do keep, keep having some of these conversations. The book should be out in spring next year. I would love to come back and talk to you about it when it's out in the world. You will definitely come back and you're my guest anytime. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you for having Happy me. Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Every other week, I answer your questions about money on the show. To get involved, send your questions and comments via hotline to podcast at vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again on Thursday for another episode of The Wallet with the all bright founders, Debbie Vosco and Anna Jones.